man growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Pocket full of trams sitting down by the street that leads him to the corpus bay. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I want to go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, if you're going, leave the sinking ship behind. Come on. Welcome to the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old pin shack on the back of the ranch, but we bring it to you live every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on the Outdoor Zone radio network and podcast this live recording for you to share with your friends on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can go to theoutdoorzone.com to get that and more information on the guys that you hear on the show which would be me i'm tj greeny and in the bunkhouse now nah, is cody ryan who <laughs> just, are you cold <laughs> the slide chill you know i don't know what happened what came in through the air it's cold again and i got sniffles again like automatic. I was feeling great. Uh, no issues. And this cold air comes in and I'm like sniffly and headache and ugh. Ugh. Wrapped in perfect in your, weather. Wrapped in your bass blanket and <laughs> beef steak is in the house. Oh, yeah. Where's the beef? He's here. Well, there he is. Yep. And, and Jack is the ranch hand that gets here early, makes sure the gate gets open, fires up the old pot belly stove, and uh, throws a little foil on that wire coat hanger out front to get the signal out to you, our, our uh, bunkhouse brethren, you regulators that are tuned into the show. We got folks that listen from all around the country that. Uh, Cody looks like in. he's on. Um... Like he is a, a shepherd boy walking through the desert, <laughs> like on a, a Christmas. Well, here's here's the deal. So in my office here, I uh, I had the door open to my office. Normally I have it closed, and I had the door open. So it's cooler in my office than it will be here in about 10 minutes once the heater kicks on. And... You know, with the door shut, it warms up really quick. So I just had this blanket sitting over this chair. I thought, well, I'll throw that over my shoulders while it's a little cool in this room. But 
Mm. Here in about five minutes, I'll be opening the window to be able to breathe because it'll get so hot so quick. You know, it's it's funny. Um, we've both built these Barndo building. Barndominiums. Barndominiums uh, turned them into residential housing. Well, that's what a barndominium uh, is. <laughs> There's a whole thing for them. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And uh, not anything so, new. but it's interesting the little things that were just that when you build a house or when you do something from, and really I guess both of us were pretty much just a paper napkin and a and a pencil kind of construction uh, on our projects, and um, but it's interesting you had to find plans it. and. All that well, stuff. I had, you I did had a, a girl help me design the kitchen, kind of figure out where how to do the kitchen because I was a little boggled there. But you know, I'm like more thought out. You than had I to, was. you had to have a girl do it for you. Well, she just happened to be the one that came along. I guess I could have asked you to do that beef. Yes, uh, but know. it would have been one giant refrigerator. We're like, okay, there's three fridges that go here. And then in the bedroom, there's a fridge yeah. and a small stove. And, yes, uh, many but, smaller uh, kitchens are better. Yeah, you can make the bedroom kitchen. It's kind right. of a pizza oven. Yeah, <laughs> fire. Yeah, a, a fire stoked pizza oven in the bedroom. <laughs> I like um, it. It's, it's next funny, on the uh, list. And, but uh, the little things that you figure out after you've built something like this. That you go, oh, hmm, probably should have done that. That's why you go talk and, to people about people that have done it before and kind of take Well, I did. I, did I guess my lesson is I shouldn't have insulated so well. Like, it's far too efficient. It holds heat so well. It's as soon as that heater kicks on, it's going to be hot in here, you know. And then what will happen? You're going to go reverse? You're going to start taking off no, things? I, just shouldn't have, I shouldn't have insulated so well. I should have a less efficient house, I guess. It's terrible. Uh-huh. No, you've just opened that window like you're uh-huh. talking about. And yeah. Keep on Hey, going. speaking of inefficient, did you see what I sent you that <laughs> I, got, um, I got picked for jury duty? And really? Dude, I pick, I, it, now in, in Travis County, they have an online award-winning system that they've incorporated where they ask you all the questions up front and then you're picked, right? Instead of going. So did you answer with? I answered every, this is the weird part. They, 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 I mean, very detailed about what you do, how you do it, what you think. And uh, man, I just laid it all out there. Prison record and everything. uh, Christian, Jesus freak, gun toting, Concealed carry outdoor, and they're kids, like, "That's my guy." Hunting. Yes, somebody. <laughs> the prosecuting attorney went, "Oh, I want to have him on there," for whatever reason. But I mean, come on, I am so far off the demographics that you I don't, don't know, know why it, would I get it picked. Depends on what the, it depends on what the case is. The right guy is going to want you for sure. The scary part case. was, I was like, "Should I write this down about?" what I do in my spare time and what my religious views are and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it all. I'm laying it down. I would want you on, on my side. If I had a jury and we were trying to decide something, my lawyer would fight for you. Wow. That's because you know him. 
But uh, <laughs> I was. Yeah, uh, hey, I just happened to bring a list of folks I'd like on the jury. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Can you call these guys? That's how Al Capone did it. So, oh, I uh, I got picked for jury duty several years ago, probably ten year, eight or ten years ago, and uh, had to sit on trial for almost two weeks. Oh, I don't want to do and that. No. Uh, no, it's I was like really excited. It was really cool until yeah, it just kept going and going. Like the and then you day. have then you have somebody's, you know, future in the in your hands that you have to make a decision on. Don't they give you a check for like five dollars and seventeen cents for lunch per day or something like uh, that? Uh they do give you a per diem and then a a check for you know, each day that you serve and all that. I think yeah, I made like $112. Ooh. But it was tax-free. <laughs> <laughs> Scamming themselves. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So, TJ. No, you're just paying yourself. TJ, yeah, I saw this. a note on here that uh, about burning crummy firewood, you had, you had wanted, you talked about. And I was going to tell you, oh, you know. I was, last... I was just having this thought with all the, and really, I know there's people out there that are, uh, our buddy Ricky McGee and in Virginia, there's a lot of people that it, their firewood is core to their heating process in their homes. And of course we're not struggling with it. Sipapu, New Mexico. Yeah. They had 11 inches of fresh powder snow for the, in Dude, the last week. And I just got an invite or, to go or up no, there. 11 feet, 11 feet. It's going to be crazy. I was going to say, why are you making such a big deal out of a, <laughs> 11 inches? Not well, even a it, foot of snow. It, I just thought, you know, there's a lot of places that, but I, I was just thinking about kicking around the farm yesterday and I was thinking, oh, I got all this down wood and I'm thinking that's all oak over there. That's, that's good firewood. And then I got a bunch of stuff that's dead. That's not good. You know, that's stuff that nobody's going to want. Yeah, that's the I'm stuff. So you, surprised. That's the stuff I'm you so keep su- inviting me out to go get, TJ. You keep I know, but saying, you, hey, instead you go get go get sorghum or whatever that that, that is such sorghum. BS. We last weekend the KOZ kids they went and we you got that log splitter and split oak live oak that was uh, you know some of it was thirty inches around hundred some year old trees got a log splitter it comes on a handle no wooden handle and it's sharp on the edge no 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 i actually some guy bought it and a friend of a friend of ours he owns a company and he bought it and it wouldn't wouldn't work for him it kept blowing up it would uh so all of a sudden that they would of course they beef goes on it. youtube finds a two dollar part replaces it and now it's working perfectly it turns out that the uh it was put on the filter uh in the incoming part of the filter was put on backwards and so it was the pressure was reversing and blowing everything up so took that apart replaced it put new pipe thread on it and he's like you can have it you could, y'all can just. Was use it a it. Harbor Freight? Because I noticed they got them over no, there now. No, they. It was a Northern Tool, and it yeah, hit that sucker. Hey, they got man. a brand new Northern Tool. Uh, yeah, down in Buda. Yeah, yeah, down in Buda, I saw that big one. But anyways, it just man. Congratulations, kids love 
smacking firewood through that. Of course, they like really using that king cracker that I got, that reverse wedge, you know, where the wedge sticks up in the middle and you have a big iron ring around it and you put the the log on it top. slices it into five pieces. And then you hit it. No, it doesn't do a five pieces. It does well, one, two pieces. No, you, I don't think there is such a thing. But this will oh, this will take actually. up to eighteen inch uh, logs, and you hit them with a sledgehammer. It's kind of cool. You can buy them at Northern Tool, and it was invented by a young girl from Canada of all places. She's about thirteen years old. Her father cut off three toes while he was swinging an axe making firewood. <laughs> and she said there's got to be a better way and she came up with this it's a pretty incredible story that was and the most incredible firewood story i've ever heard that Thank really you. went way down a different road i didn't i didn't know that was going to happen i don't okay. even know what we're talking about <laughs> i don't know where i am anymore but to that dad out there with the that's only got seven toes we just want to say thank you thank you for your daughter's uh invention and raising her up to outside chopping wood and doing it in a safe way that yeah. that protects the rest of our toes sometimes god can bring good things from stuff that happens bad i'll tell you good aye, aye, good aye. things are mcbride's guns there you uh, go mcbride's go. guns is our family owned and operated local gun shop it's where we shop for our firearms it's where cody got the shotgun he uses even after all these years got it as a young man and uses it to this day they have used and uh they'll they'll buy your used firearms if you've got an estate and you've got a bunch of firearms in that estate that you need to have appraised and sell and have all that stuff taken care of. They can help you with that at McBride's Guns. Where do you get that done? Oh, McBride's Guns. Looking for a personal carry or a referral class? One place, McBride's Guns. They're in the same place they've been for years, corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them, 472-3532, or online for all our listeners all around the country. You can just go to McBride'sGuns.com, McBride'sGuns.com. They're our hometown gun shop. On the flip side, we'll talk a little fishing. Uh, we've got all your favorite segments. We'll get this thing going. It's just warming up here in the bunkhouse. Uh, it no. catches 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody on the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back, Regulators. You're tuned into the number one outdoor show, The Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Graney. And hey, now Maxwell Supercenter, truckloads of new Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams are headed our way during Nile Maxwell's sales event at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter all month long. We have the newest vehicles showing up in by the truckload daily. And make no payments for 90 days. Enjoy. Your first payment won't be until March of 23. It's the biggest sale of the year, and we've got the inventory right now at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. So come and pick yours today. 
It's the big finished event for the biggest discounts, best financing offers, and a super center size selection. Head to Nile Maxwell Supercenter. We sell more than anyone else. 621A3 in Austin or visit us online at NileMaxwellSupercenter.com. Well, things are starting to rock and roll here in the fishing world, and I finally had to go sit in my boat and start organizing it. A lot of guys uh, in my world are getting new boats, um, but I are they are they running... able to find new boats? I mean, is it pretty hard to find them? No, a lot right of that stuff is, kinda, is a lot of that stuff back? has come back. Um, mm. But they're paying the difference, you know. I mean, stuff's so much more expensive right now, and boats will never go back go down in price. Uh, as far as new boat prices, I don't think it's going to go down. Uh, the market may slow down and the number of people buying them. But uh, anyway, it's uh, uh, kind of trailing off there. It's <laughs> it's just beginning to the fishing season. It was, uh, I, so I went and set my boat and, man, you sent me way down a whole nother, my whole mind is like, about new boats now and thinking that whole realm. Uh, but well, I mean, it, I, it, you... I, I took off the, uh, let me get going here. Let me get going. Let me get going. <laughs> I got a whole thing here because I set my boat for so many hours last night thinking about how you organize this boat, right? I, I'm keeping boats longer, but guy, a lot of guys are keeping their boats longer. Uh, and, and some guys that aren't in the fishing world don't even realize that uh, you don't keep a bass boat if you're a professional angler for 10 years or whatever. Most anglers will exchange boats every other year, every year, every three years. I was kind of on a every three-year thing, changing my boat out, and uh, this would be the third, really the fourth year, but I don't, I don't count one of the years because I didn't fish much maybe put 30 hours on my boat that year, uh, that I'll be running my boat. And, um, and that's a lot, that's a lot of hours, a lot of time. And it's the longest that I'll have run my boat in the realm that I've run it. But the thing I like is that I'm really comfortable with it and I know where stuff is. I know where, how things work and operate in it you know, very, very comfortable. It's not, it's not learned. That part is not a learning process. And, uh, and that's, that's one thing that I really do enjoy with it. Um, and it, you know, it's, I mean, come on by everybody's everyday standards, a three-year-old boat is, you know, three, four-year-old boat, whatever, three and a half-year-old boat is not, not old at all. And by any means. So, uh, we'll be running it and just getting it organized. So I bought these tubs, uh, always constantly trying to figure out how to organize your plastics, right? Your worms, your, your plastics, your crawls, all of your worm style baits. It's a big part of bass fishing, whether it's trailers for spinner baits, trailers for swim jigs, uh, or actual worms of, you know, whether they be centipedes or the Cinco's your dad's going to throw in the back of the boat. Like you got to separate those from your good Cinco's, uh, 
because he just sits back there and drags them. You know, I'm kidding. I know that's a dick, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feed into it. I'm just gonna go. Okay, okay, be nice. So Cody, it's so funny. So you bought me like two packages of some knockoff brand, you know. And you know, after like using Bass Pro Shops number one seller, it said super seller win win prizes guaranteed with ease to catch fish. Yeah, guaranteed first place and all this stuff on there. And I'm like, okay, I, man, I'm 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 going all in on Cody. This I is pull a, out this, this is seven dollars well spent. I pull out this these two packages you'd given me, and I'd use some of them, and uh, and they were like the two packages right. like stuck to the box in the middle in the back of this little compartment and there's like a slick of greasy wormy gooey slime Yumminess. from these from these two packages that you put in my boat okay he put and gummy worms in there instead I, that was I don't know what he put in there but it's a leaky package maybe that's why they were 50 percent off maybe that's why you got such <laughs> no a deal i added i came up with my own uh added scent and, and i put it on the outside of the package well, you, you've got to immerse. I mean, you want it on the whole thing, and so you got to marinate on the outside. Yeah. I have this theory where okay. it gets on your hands. So then, when you pull the bait out, your it doesn't get your human scent on there. It's getting the 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 secret well, scent, which I can't tell you how I what I came up with. One is I can't remember, and two is doesn't matter. Um, I did put them in a separate Ziploc bag, and so when oh, you good. come fishing with me, I'll throw them. I'll throw. You'll know. Did you write my name your, on there? It'll be your own Ziploc bag spot on the Ziploc that says "Do not touch Dad only." Uh, Yeah. Yeah, On a serious question, Cody, do you take all those baits in every time you store them in a controlled environment, not just in your boat? Well, my boat is in a controlled environment. I mean, what about when it's out in the parking lot where you're driving? When I'm traveling, from. what yeah. happens is typically I'll I'll take most of my plastic, most of my baits, uh, or a lot of my baits I'll take because you never know. But I'll have a separate tubware that I keep in the room or the house or wherever we're staying with us. I'll have that with the stuff that's not in my boat. Uh, we'll just stay in the truck or the or the house or whatever. But yeah, I usually take most of it and all of it with me. Uh, just because I don't know. And realistically, like I probably have, you know, a hundred times more fishing equipment than the average angler. But I have like very, very, very minimal amount uh, compared to a lot of anglers that fish at, you know, really? these bigger You're tournaments and travel the country. That way? I would not have imagined that. Yeah, I do not have. I am like a very. I am like a major minimalist when it comes to uh, tackle and baits. And, I mean everything, and it's mainly just because I use it, you know. And I don't keep a lot of old stuff. Like if it's not, if it's not fish worthy, you know. If it's if it's something that's going to take a bunch of time to fix, or I mean, I don't know. I just get rid of it, you know, and fish with fish with the i don't know maybe i lose a lot of baits i don't know how these guys have so many baits and stuff i don't do you, do you don't minimize the amount of poles that you put on you know the rods and do you also do that you pick only so this four year that you earlier take? this year 
when I first started thinking about getting ready for fishing season, I, uh, I actually went through, cause I don't have a, uh, rod sponsor this year. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going old school, uh, as far as I'm, I'm using what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't, didn't push for a big, you know, big rod deal or anything this year. And so, uh, I went through and I had like 18 fishing rods that all had, that I had stashed in the corner in addition to my other rods or whatever, but I had like 18 of them that didn't have one of, you know, they may have like a, a missing eyelet on this one, uh, two missing eyelets on this one, uh, you know, this is messed up on this one. And I went through and I fixed every single one of my rods right now i have like 40 rods that are all in i i mean i wouldn't say perfect condition because when i change an eyelid on a rod it's not it doesn't come out perfect but it was pretty good i mean i took you know the epoxy and epoxied them and took Mm. the lot you know the uh wrap you know put the new eyelid on and then wrapped it and then put the epoxy over it and did that whole thing so i have Every rod that's in my garage, every fishing rod that's in my garage is usable right now. That's a first time. It, well, except for the two that are broken in half. But besides those two, every, did, you get, uh, did you get mad on the water or what? No, I broke probably. I break probably six rods a year on average. Oh, that's right. I or, saw a video of you pulling in a fish and breaking the rod, right? Yeah, I mean, I I break probably four, six, four to six rods a year. It just happens, you know. And fishing rods break mm. when you use them as much as we do. And then, I mean, you think about the tensile strength on, and then you think about where they ride in your boat, and they get nicked here, or they get, you know, bumped here, or whatever. And so then they got a little weak spot, and and you go to set the hook, and you know, when you're catching giants like I do, it's uh, it's inevitable that rods are going to break <laughs> so, so you definitely are are you an advocate for the socks that you put on and that's a must I, I, I yeah i cover every one of my rods at all points so that i'm not using them but it's still i mean that's mainly to keep things from getting tangled up yeah it doesn't i don't think it necessarily protects them when you drive halfway across the country and you got 27 rods you know stuffed in a box i mean stuff's gonna happen and there's not a whole lot you can do about it i I thought i think those socks the little sleeves that go over the rods are were a brilliant idea and people tried to figure that out for years and until they came up with that that mesh it was you know nobody had it really figured out until they came up with that but man in electronics they've got where the mesh goes outside to bundle the wires. And a lot of people, what I hear, is they're buying that in a big spool and then just pulling it over the top of the fishing rod. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I know I've lost plenty of them, too. Hey, I do want to tell you about uh, one of my big supporters this year. It's Altria HealthShare. Finding affordable, top-quality health care options, you know, that can be tricky for the sportsmen, entrepreneurs, and those who are self-employed. But uh, that's why I got my family covered with Altrua HealthShare. They're not insurance. However, it offers a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing costs. Seriously, 
It's as simple as members contributing each month to a membership escrow, and then eligible medical needs are then shared from that escrow account. It's literally that easy. Go check out how much you can save by going to myshare.org, Altrua Health Share, where we care for one another. Sorry for those who are not, you know, bass nerdy to uh, get wrapped up into that whole conversation. I could just sit there and talk fishing and, you know, do that whole thing for a long time. But coming back, we'll talk news of the weird, game warden field notes, all that and more. It's the Outdoor Zone. We are live at the bunkhouse 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Everstar Pro, Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun, fixed me some coffee and a honey bun. Jumped in my pickup, gave her the gas. I'm going out to catch a five-pound bass down by the lake. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack, but we're bringing you... Hunting, fishing, and outdoor information 24-7, 365 at com and all your favorite podcast platforms because, oh, because, you know, beefsteak here that, you know, I love wrenching on all my vehicles and doing all, but when it comes to my wife's Durango, and you know, it can be hard to find a uh, mechanic you trust, so we use our friends at Sun Automotive Service. Sun Automotive Service is a family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Auto works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do, and we want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. You want to find out where to visit them? Well, they have locations at 405 West Slaughter Lane, which is mine, 1300 Medical Parkway, Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road 620. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips or just go to their website for all the specials. Just visit sunautoservice.com. All right. Thank you, Beef. And now it's time for our News of the Weird segment. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. Okay, got to stick with me on this one because I got some... This this pertains especially to you, Cody, and my granddaughter... Australian park rangers find nearly six-pound toadzilla. Rangers at Australia's Conway National Park found a 5.9-pound cane toad dubbed toadzilla. Rangers at a national park in Queensland, Australia, found a massive 5.9 cane toad that they said might be the largest ever on record. The Queensland Department of Environment and Science said in a post on its website that Conway National Park Rangers stopped their vehicle for a snake crossing a road near 
Airly Beach and spotted a monster cane toad nearby. I reached down and grabbed the cane toad and couldn't believe how big and heavy it was, Ranger Kylie Gray said. The rangers nicknamed their toad Toadzilla and removed it from the park due to the ranger to the danger it could pose to the environment. A cane toad that size will eat anything it can fit into its mouth and includes insects, reptiles, and small mammals. She said the toad, believed to be a female, weighed in at 5.9 pounds, which could be a new record for the species. I'm not sure how old she is, but cane toads can live up to 15 years in the wild, so this one has been around a long time. We're pleased to have removed her from the national park. <clears throat> Later that day, we grilled her. Her frog. No, you're making that part up. Hey, puppy. so the I don't get why they removed this toad from the environment of a national park. I mean, isn't that part of felony federal offense? Well, that, but it also isn't that part of what uh, the idea of national parks are. It's like let them be nature. Okay, let them involve. So, just for myself and i'm sure the listeners are wondering what is a cane toad and so uh, i wanted to get a definition the cane toad a toxic invasive species notorious for devouring anything it can fit in its mouth household Where is it invasive? uh australia is on the continent um small rodents what continent? and this is australia australia Where come from has become highly cannibalistic in the 86 years it was introduced into the continent. So, basically. What continent? And. Where did it come from? They become cannibals. And when there's not enough to eat, they eat each other. Where yes. did it come from originally? Oh, I will have to uh, look into that. Uh, let me check the research page. Boston. There. Somewhere okay. around Boston. <laughs> Things are always. Uh, and they're toxic. Can we just say, like, they're native if they live on this planet? I mean, people moved <laughs> all around. We've okay. all moved. They're from, None of us are native. You're not killing off the non-native species here in the United States. They're from I South like to be in the... America. Where? Okay, South America. South America. Yeah. Okay. And why were they brought over to the Queensland? <laughs> um, Probably see. brought over on a ship of bananas or something. They were on by, the, the by anglers. No, they they were introduced by uh, the farmers because there was a certain beetle that they ate, and uh, it was wreaking havoc on the sugarcane plantations. And these giant toads were brought in to reduce the beetle population. This will get Cody on a platform. So I'm, I've speaking seen all about kinds invasive of, uh, species. We have tree frogs and we have toads which I grew up with these Houston toads or these that they're all worried about in in uh, in certain areas around here in Texas. Like you can't do things on your property because they're afraid you're going to disturb the toad soil or whatever. And I grew up playing with them. And, and uh, my granddaughter, I think it was last year, loved playing with the toads. At night they'd come out and they'd hop around on the, front porch and she'd go out there and play with them but then she got like a rash or something what was it what no happened? so yeah so a year or two ago uh it's probably a couple years ago now but you you would give me heck 
uh, <laughs> after this happened because she didn't believe it. But uh, she got uh, like sal- she got salmonella, basically. Um, and apparently, it's a pretty very common thing from touching uh, toads and handling uh, frogs and toads, reptile species, that you can gain salmonella from their skin somehow. And, uh, you know, if that gets in your mouth and she, you know, was one or one, uh, not, yeah, I don't even think tiny. she was two years old yet. Right. You know, so things go in your mouth or you touch things and whatever. So she got salmonella from playing with the frogs on the front porch. And, uh, shouldn't, so shouldn't lick we, them. That's the problem. Huh? Licking toads. Oh, Come on. Well, she's like yeah. one, she's like a one year old, one and a half year well, old. You know, they only time. do what they see their Two parents years. doing or their dad does. I didn't play with the toads. Mm. It was her and her mother would go out there. So we have about, uh, a month, a year where frogs come up on our front porch every night. It's like clockwork. I wonder. And I can't remember what that month is. I bet it's because of the bugs and the light, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it only happens like, you know, and then they'll go away and we won't see frogs for a while. You know, they move so on. Is that, like, where do was, they go? Was that when thing. you guys had, the, uh, when you had all the June bugs come on the porch? Was that June bug month? No, that was a different month. Yikes. That, that and was it so wasn't funny. June. It's never June either. Yeah, I don't know why they call them June bugs when it's not June. When they, you know, the uh, the big Tesla uh, facility they're building outside of Austin, where the um, where they do where he tests his uh, tunneling equipment. I forget the name of the company, boring. but he has this a boring, boring company, company where they, you know, have this gear that will bore. Fast drop, isn't it? They're building it yeah, right down right. the road from you. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's funny cause I have a friend of mine whose, uh, house is right next to the plant and he oh. said, it's pretty annoying. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, the, the light and all that stuff, the sound. And he said, but the, the funny thing was that they came in there and they put all these lights up. I mean, just these massive bright lights at night. And, uh, but they had to start turning them off because it was, they were getting inundated with June bugs and other bugs at night they would just come to the light and just they were everywhere. And so they had to start turning off some of the lights and they have to rethink the, the lighting. It made me think too, like, okay, Tesla, you know, let's go battery power, you know, don't use diesel fuel, don't use gas. And, uh, but remember how they were saying that deal about, uh, turn the lights off in the fall because birds are going to be attracted to the lights at your house and they'll, they'll come off their migration patterns and do all that stuff. And I I just think that whole environmental thing is like, come on, man, come on, man. I think they ought to just bring over some cane toads and put them in bastrop to take care of those June bugs. That's introduce. You have come up with the idea. Why don't we mail him a couple? You you know him, you know the uh, local game wardens. Yeah, Grab yeah, a couple yeah. and you take them over there, and just introduce them to their property. Ay ay ay! I know. Yeah. No, I know nothing. I'm not. You do not bring an invasive species in to take care of another invasive species. I'm not doing anything. We've done it time and time again. That is not the solution to any of it. You just deal with the June bugs. Take out your light bulbs if you don't want the June bugs. 
Rumor, yeah. rumor has it, beef, that you sneak around my neighborhood every once in a while. <laughs> you come come around the ville okay. every once in a while, and I, uh, I I have a little bit of suspect there that maybe somebody else snuck in and was invasive species came in he may be the one dropping off it. the dropping off the deer yeah <laughs> the uh the deer carcasses. oh ah, it's all coming together so right. we saw we were at bastrop the other day hey okay. hold that got, story hey hold that story we've got gotta tell I gotta, a story i gotta tell you about parts view partsview.com Somebody that I used before they became a partner of the Outdoor Zone, P-A-R-T-S-V-U.com. It's just what it sounds like. It's a place for all of your boating needs, parts. Uh, you can do get all your maintenance kits. Go check out our friends at PartsView.com. Uh, you can find uh, a huge selection of um, how-tos, how-to videos, podcasts on all things fishing, all things boating. Uh, full OEM, Yamaha, Mercury, Suzuki, uh, outboard parts, Maricruiser, Stern Drives, parts and products, offers more than 200,000 products on their uh, on their website there, partsview.com. From the industry's leading brands like Starbright, AFCO, they've got, I mean, they've got AFCO brand, which is a clothing brand, you know, a boating, a fishing, off, uh, fishing brand. They've got Teenage Marine. They pride themselves, Parts View prides themselves on great prices, fast shipping, handy maintenance kits, helpful customer service, and resources to help boaters find exactly the right products for their engines. Again, I was a customer long before they were a part of the Outdoor Zone and uh, used them again this year. And I mean, it was just, it was simple, awesome. Go see our friends, PartsView.com, P-A-R-T-S-V-U.com. We got... Uh, TJ Story and Game Ward Field Notes coming up. It's the Outdoor Zone. Stick around at uh, 24 7 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Andy Morgan and I fish FLW and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. You're tuned into the Outdoor Zone, number one outdoor show and uh, podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us. Uh, this is your deer shooting, flounder gigging, dub blasting, hog dogging, bass catching, mountain climbing, fly fishing, four wheeling, adrenaline junkie Outdoor Zone radio show broadcast to you live from the bunkhouse every Sunday morning, seven to nine, or twenty four seven three sixty five at your favorite podcast platform. This segment is brought to you by our buddies over at Keystone Bank. You can experience the value of community banking where local matters. Come join the Bank of Choice for Austin community members, families, entrepreneurs, and the Bunkhouse Boys. We're Keystone Bank, founded by Jeff Wilkinson and his team, operated right here in Austin, Texas, by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. When you bank with Keystone, you enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. You call over there and you talk to your banker. You know who it is. Banking at your fingertips anywhere, anytime. I just pick up my phone and go. 
To learn more or get started with the Keystone account, visit one of our locations in person, 11,500 BKs Road, West Austin, 500 Presser Street in downtown Austin, or 900 Hutchins Avenue, Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. Just go to the website, keystone.bank, for all their information, keystone.bank, for banking with our buddies over at Keystone. Hey, now it's time for our Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. The Sheriff's Office contacted a Texas Game Warden recently. Uh, Texas Sheriff Office contacted Texas Game Warden's reg, uh, Warden regarding a call from an individual stating that he witnessed a pickup truck fire multiple gunshots from the road. Whoops. Deputies and a Game Warden responded to the area to locate the vehicle. A deputy located a pickup matching the description and conducted a traffic stop. Upon contact, the warden questioned the two individuals in the vehicle. He located two handguns in the vehicle, along with multiple spent rounds in 9mm and 45 ACP that matched the caliber of the two handguns in the vehicle. The suspects admitted to driving on county roads and firing gunshots from the vehicle into multiple properties without landowner consent. The individual who reported the incident Two law enforcement confirmed the suspect's vehicle and gave a video statement. The two suspects were both consuming alcohol and had open containers in their vehicle. Both the suspects were arrested and charged with discharging a firearm firearm from a public road. All right. So you think game boards mm. are just out looking at checking fishing license? No, they're part of a bigger picture. But I had a a funny encounter with my game warden recently. Uh Oh, Oh, that's never good. Not good. So I'm pretty much, I guess I'm a junior ranger here at the, uh, (laughs) self-proclaimed he's working on junior ranger. And, uh, so there are times when as a man, as a man, a married man, you, you have, have to wear to just... the stretchy pants. <laughs> sometimes a man must wear stretchy pants. Uh, no, I, sometimes you just do it. Just do it. And so had done some stuff around the farm and Mrs. I don't Graney know what said, that means. Well, I'm waiting whatever. for this story. Let's develop uh, this. First. Mrs. Graney said, hey. Let's go into town. We got some things we need to do. And I said, okay, I'll go with you. Okay. Bullet one taken fearlessly. And uh, so we go into town. And What, your and, wife uh, going with you into town? <laughs> we go together. I go in her vehicle. Oh, and she oh, drives. she's driving? She's driving. Oh. The whole thing, man, I'm like all in on this thing. I'm uh. like, if this was like if if I was a drinker, I'd have to go take a little sippy sippy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, so anyway, we go into town and we go to a couple of stores and we're in the, in this giant parking lot with, uh, 
Academy and the grocery store and Lowe's Lumber and uh, and this store called Home Goods where she wants to go in there. We're looking for a rug, giant rug, like 10 feet by 15 feet or something, some giant rug. She's looking for this giant rug. And so uh, and then we, we go to leave and we're pulling out of the parking lot. And in the parking lot is this black blob of stuff. And she goes, what's that? And I look over outside my window and it's two dead buzzards and a dead skunk in a pile oh. in the parking lot. Just dumped. So you're going to try to make so up a I story. immediately go into investigative mode and jump out, take a couple of pictures. I uh, send them send them to my local game warden. Of course. Uh, look around for any evidence of tar- car tracks, tire tracks fingerprints, DNA, shell casings, you know, kind of standard procedure. Get out my notebook, make a few notes uh, that I carry in my Do you interview people? You interview people around the Yeah, I looked around, uh, you know, wrote down some license plate numbers and uh, the time and weather conditions, did all that kind of stuff. And then like two seconds later, he texted me back and he said, yeah, my wife just sent me that same picture. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I said, I said, what? you're basically where my wife is you're with <laughs> i felt like oh man i just uh you just took me from a rooster to a hen and one like one text it was like yeah oh, the difference yeah. is he's not with his wife at that place i'm mm. telling you that's right and i said mm. well our i and i but i got out of it i said well our wives must be hanging out together or something so then i just so you're ju- left you, it alone. Didn't text him back. So you got that. out of it with your junior game warden uh, intact. But I have, I have all of the necessary and potentially important information in my notebook. I carry a small spiral in my top pocket, you know, mm. and I can just flip it open, write down what I well, see. Well, don't and, don't leave all that information in your garage because. Uh, you're not supposed to leave classified information in the garage, apparently. Unless you have a Corvette. And then <laughs> yeah. it's okay. Leave it next to leave it next to your Corvette. No, I, I highly I'm gonna keep it info. in the uh in the TJ public uh, uh you know, where I have all my think tank and where I get together with all my buddies and come up with plans and schemes and ways to build down, the you mean down at the of local and billions and trillions of dollars down at the local uh uh you know coffee cup where y'all get you together know, every funny. morning it's funny they are so done with him they're they're done with him they got all their billions of dollars they're done with him they're down the road man they're going on to the next person you wait you wait they're going to start rolling out somebody's going to start being the the spokesperson for that for the other side you wait we went off of the rails he's talking now president yeah for those who aren't following (laughs) you are the one who said i keep my i should not keep my i know but it wasn't explained and y'all just kind of you know fed into the whole thing so game game wardens do more than just uh than just chase around people and ask you for your fishing license although when that happens when i've been in a boat and they've come up or whenever I've been, you know, in a dove hunting situation, they come up. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. There's my <laughs> extinct fire extinguisher. There's my life jacket. Here's my fishing license. I am legal. Does TJ, I bet he waves them down. 
He does some kind of weird. Take me, hey, take me. over hey, here. here. I'm in the bushes. Come by. You so, know, <clears throat> yesterday, as part of getting my boat stuff organized, I'd had my uh, fire extinguisher, speaking of, in my boat. It's been in the box, you know, the fire extinguisher box. Yeah, never uh, open, never used. Never open. Brand new. Yeah, it will. And I had taped up the box because it had gotten wet and started falling apart. <laughs> so I had like the box taped up. But I opened it up to check it, you know, for the season, make sure that it's still good. The date's good. It's still in the green and all that. Um, and because you, I mean, I really do want a good fire extinguisher, right? You bet. You, you won't. I mean, there's some of those things that make complete sense to have with you. And a uh, fire extinguisher is not one you think about every day, but it's a good it's a good one to make sure it's working. And a paddle. Because you're going to need that fire extinguisher at some point. Uh, or uh, Hopefully you don't ever need it, but you're going to want it if you do. If, somebody, if you pull up and somebody's in your spot, you're going to need that fire extinguisher. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I checked it yesterday, but it had this little bracket, a mounting bracket yes. inside the box. Yeah. So I mounted it inside of what? one of my boxes, took it out of the cardboard box. I was so proud. I got uh, bolts out and mounted wow. it inside one of the boxes. And did so you look like, on the outside of your boat and see if there was any like I just bolts drove I just drove out? big old screws straight through the side of the boat. Oh, drywall yeah. screws. Yes. Yeah. And then I siliconed where the screw came out of the side of the boat. Perfect. So you hooked it up on the outside of the boat, is what you're saying. Yeah. Put it on for the back. easy access. Yeah, easy All access. Right. It only makes sense. Hey, we're going to break this up. Uh, we've got a whole nother hour. If you haven't gotten enough of this, we got a whole nother hour of the hour. Yeah, we're going to talk about all the firearms that are collected at airports around the country when we come back. I heard somebody the other day say they this is the number one fishing podcast in the world. And they had like 600 views or listens or something total. Uh, so I think we can claim after 20 years that this is the number one outdoor radio show and podcast in the world. No doubt. It's the outdoor zone live at the bunker house. Stick around 24, seven, 365. You can find us at the outdoor zone.com. <laughs> 